You're listening to the Common Fan Podcast, a Husker football podcast for the common fan by the common fan. Welcome back, Common Fans, to another edition of the Common Fan Podcast. It's another celebration pod after the Huskers put a beat down on the Purdue Boilermakers. The good guys in red are now five and three overall, and at three and two in the conference in a four way tie for first place in the Big Ten West. First place, boys. Yeah, boy. Say it with me, Common We are going to be playing meaningful football games in November, and boy, does that feel good? Also, for those keeping score at home, the Nebraska Cornhuskers are now five and three, as mentioned, while the Colorado Buffaloes are currently four and four. Just in case that's of interest to anyone. <laughs> anybody? Yeah, if anybody cares about that kind of stuff. <laughs> I am TJ Burkle alongside Matty Owens Sr. and G off in Lincoln, boys. Good evening. Good evening, T. Good evening, TJ. Woo! Good, good weekend to be a Husker, boy, I tell you. Great Feeling weekend. Good. We're also joined tonight by friend of the program, Charlie Cologne. Charlie is what some might call a renaissance man as the owner of Chick-fil-A at South Point. He's a former Husker baseball player and member of the Nebraska Baseball Hall of Fame. He's a huge Husker football common fan and an all-around fine American. Charlie, thanks for joining the common fans tonight. TJ, my pleasure. Good to be in the good to be in the podcast house with you guys tonight. It's great to have you. I did look up um, you, you your uh, your class uh, in the college or in the Nebraska Baseball Hall of Fame, um, and that's some uh, that's some high company. You were with, I think, Alex Gordon and uh, and uh, a handful of others. Am I am I correct yeah, I, on that? I had absolutely no business being compared to any of those guys. They were way better. I well, was you, the, uh, I was completely the outlier there. <laughs> you said it, not me. Um, <laughs> no, just kidding. Just kidding. Obviously, well, well deserved. Well deserved. And we're, we're happy to have you on tonight, Charlie. Quick reminder to follow the podcast on your streaming platform of choice. Follow us on Twitter at at CommonFanGBR. If you want to send us an email, we'd love to hear from you at CommonFanGBR at gmail.com. We also now have a common fan Facebook page as well as a common fan Instagram account. So we're basically going global here. We're boys. If, if we have time at the end here or possibly go. on, on a later pod, I will tell the story of me setting up our Facebook page. It was very, it's a very embarrassing story uh, and not something I'm proud of, but it took way longer than it should have. And uh, we, we can get into that maybe, maybe a little bit later. I hope please we, do. I, TJ, I hope we do because I envision that being a little bit like the uh, the old Saturday Night Live skit where Phil Phil Hartman was the caveman lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me just let me give you let me give you a little bit of an in, uh, a teaser. I started say, for on Facebook, you can set it like individual people can set up a profile, but if you're like a a business or a brand or an entity, something other than a, a human you can set up a page, right? So your profile is, anyway, I started setting up a profile instead of a page and I, I put first name common, oh, last name it. fan. I'm not joking. <laughs> I was like, this doesn't feel right, but I'm just going to keep going with it. So we, we can, we can get into, we can get into that more another time. We got a lot to cover tonight, boys. We, we, do, we, we do, we do, we yeah. do. But, but please do engage with us on all of these social media outlets. Send us an email 
we had a lot of fun with the roll call yesterday. Guys, I just want to pause for just a moment. And I'm not one for patting ourselves on the back, but let's pat ourselves on the back a little bit. Our mm -hmm. first podcast episode was recorded less than a month ago. It was released, what, like three weeks ago? And it's really exciting to see how many people are responding. So for the two game, for the last two games, we've done this roll call on Twitter and we've kind of asked people to put out pictures of where you're watching from. Uh, a lot of people who have been at the game or tailgating have posted pictures, but we've also had responses from Husker fans in Florida, in Texas. This week we had a soda Husker respond Husker fan in Minnesota, uh, university of South Dakota volleyball hall of famer, Lindsay Freeman, also a pious grad responded with mm -hmm. a pick at the game yesterday. Um, so that's just been a really fun feature. Charlie Cologne featured guest this evening has responded a couple of times from the, what do you call that? The Chick-fil-A truck uh, in near the horse. <laughs> Absolutely. Theater. The trailer outside of gate 21. <laughs> yeah. That's a beautiful spot you guys have there uh, by the way. So we appreciate you posting, but keep it coming common fans. We'd love to see the enthusiasm. Um, we also currently have a poll going on Twitter. So if you're listening to this on Sunday night or probably like up until midday or early afternoon, Monday, um, you can participate in the poll. Uh, the poll is asking, what is the best way to stay warm at Memorial Stadium? The options to choose from are Runzas as hand warmers, fireball shooters, smuggled in whiskey, which I guess would be similar to fireball shooters, but not exactly the same thing. <laughs> and then the last one, hard boiled eggs in pockets. Now, just a little, a little uh, secret of the trade to you common fans out there. Uh, Matt, Jeff, and I kind of trade off running the Twitter account. So you never, like any one of us could be posting at any one time. So Matty O was responsible uh, <laughs> for this tweet. Matt, what in the name of sweet corn and big red chewing gum would, why would you have hard boiled eggs in pockets <laughs> really ever? but especially at right. a Nebraska football game. Right. Well, you know, I know it sounds a little crazy, but you know, when my, you know how uh, the older generation, my dad will sometimes he'll get going about how much tougher he was and how much tougher everyone was back in the day. So he used to tell mm -hmm. me stories about how he and his siblings would walk to school and they were so poor. It didn't all have gloves. So my grandmother would, would boil some eggs and they would put hard boiled eggs in their pockets and put their hands in their pockets. And, and that's how okay. they keep warm on the way to school. So, okay. you know, it's one of those oh. things, TJ, where you need, you want, you want four things on the poll and one there's one item, one option left. And I thought, well, what's going to go here? And I thought, thought of, thought of my old man. I actually, I mean, that's, first of all, that's a beautiful story, Matthew. Um, second of all, um, I haven't looked Has hard boiled eggs in pockets, gotten, gotten a vote, gotten any votes. Let's you know see. what? There are early, <laughs> early returns on that TJ. There's a few more votes than I had expected for the hard boiled eggs. Well, I'm it's, sure kind of, it's just some of, some of the jokers, some of the common fans out there just wanting, wanting to be smart asses about it. It's a 21.4% currently running third, but it's not that oh, far man. behind. It's not that far behind runs as his hand warmers. So so I mean, other people must know about this. That's all. You have that's to all choose I between. And you, you know what? Maybe it's a hard boil. Go ahead. Go ahead. Maybe as I say, maybe maybe it's more of a central Nebraska thing. So maybe those folks are from the uh, uh, from the Valley County area. Maybe they're from Ord or uh, from Arcadia, Nebraska, <laughs> one of those beautiful towns out there. Well, as you know, the voice of the common fans stretches far and wide across the windswept plains. So sure does. It really could be, <laughs> it sure could does. Be from anywhere. Jeff, sorry, were you gonna were you gonna say something there? 
I mean, is there really a difference between a hard-boiled egg and a cabbage and beef hot pocket, in in your opinion? I mean, they're both. I think they taste about the same. I mean, you know what? If we had, I know. I don't even. I don't even understand what you're talking about. What What are you talking about? That's what a runza is. No, it's a beef I mean, and cabbage hot pocket. That's. I mean, we're. I don't know about that, Jeff. We're that's, not going to do this. Like we're this not going to get started. I feel like this is sacrilege, <laughs> Jeff. Yeah. All right, let's you move know, on. If we, okay. if we had right, one more thing, if we, if we had any sense at all, we would have uh, put an option there for us a smuggled Chick Fil A sandwich. Matt, I got to be honest with you, that wouldn't have worked because people are eating those before they go in. So that there is just go. an empty wrapper, my friend. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, absolutely. There. There, the evidence is anecdotal. I don't have any data to back this up, but it looks like they're eating lots of them, Charlie. So hats off to <laughs> hats off to you and the Chick Fil A team. They're selling lots of chicken sandwiches. Um, so we often encourage uh, fellow Common fans to email the show. The email address is commonfangbr at gmail.com. We got an email from Lucas, who's a loyal listener. Shout out to Lucas in Lincoln. Thanks for the email, buddy. The email asks. Is Jeff Sims allergic to pigskin? Now, Lucas, <laughs> he might be onto something there. He might Listen, be onto we, something. I just this is a good. This is an important time to remind Lucas. We're just common fans here. We're not doctors, and uh, we're also you know we're not on the staff, so we don't have access to the medical records either. <laughs> now, you know the evidence that we see on TV would indicate some symptoms of being allergic to to pigskin. Uh, but I think I think it's an open question. Well, know. you know, I don't I don't want to I don't you know that that's funny, but also we don't want to pile on a kid. I from all accounts he's a he's a good teammate and he works hard. But I'll be danged if they if they put him back into a game. Um, I think the entire common fan and Husker Nation is going to be well, uh, real real nervous. Let's let's be honest. I mean, the 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 fumble bug was uh, was all over the place yesterday yeah, uh, sure across a lot of different fronts. And that was unsettling to see. I know the elements were an issue in Lincoln yesterday, um, but certainly, I mean, something that's that's plagued um, Husker teams for a long time. Now, they've got to get a handle on that Like now, next season, whatever it is. Again, like huge credit to rules teams for not falling apart when these things happen and not letting yep. it derail things and the defense man you you almost just bank on the defense making a stop when this stuff happens at this point which when was the last time we had that so so you know huge credit to the team for overcoming this stuff. you just hate to see it put them in this kind of spot again teach like what i've said in previous podcasts anytime that would have happened in years prior game over for some reason the team would not recover but you can see it in this team that it does not matter what kind of obstacles we have to face we don't allow ourselves to get absolutely just off track and railroaded we fight back we stick with it and we're a lot mentally tougher i think is really what i'm seeing from this team now i think that's right and i think rule whatever he's doing is working he's really instilled a lot of belief in this team uh the huskers beat purdue 31 14 gentlemen i believe it was ronald reagan who said in mankind's long climb from the swamp to the stars the first step is to beat all the second-rate bull junk programs like <laughs> Illinois, Northwestern, and Purdue. That might not be the exact quote, uh, but uh, mission accomplished for the Huskers. We've talked. This has been a running theme on this show. Um, 
It's been a it's been a rough stretch for several years now for the Huskers. And one of the most maddening things for the fan base has been not beating these teams that we've historically been better than and we are used to putting away. And so we take care of business against Illinois. We take care of business against Northwestern. And then we really, I mean, even with the turnovers and kind of the late, the late drama, that game was never really in doubt yesterday. Um, once we got a lead, once we got the 14 point lead, we never had, you know, we never lost a double digit lead. Um, and so it just, it just feels great to take care of business. We've kind of flipped the narrative. We go from two and three after the Michigan game, suddenly we're five and three. We're going to, we're basically control our destiny in the big 10 West. Um, and we're well on track for a bowl game. Um, and as common, as all common fans know, uh, look at, at this point, we're talking, we're talking about, uh, much more than a bowl game, which is super exciting. Uh, but first step is securing that bowl game. We need to win one out of the next four. Hopefully it's a lot more than that, but we need to yep. win one out of the last four. We've said it before. We'll say it again. Just get me to six wins. I don't care if it's the Vandalay Industries Bowl on December 11th at you know 9.30 a.m. Get me that sixth win, preferably next week, and we are dancing in the streets, baby. And by the way, TJ, that the the uh, Vandalay Industries Bowl for those who don't know will be in Sheboygan. <laughs> that's, that's right. That was, hey, that was, they agreed to it. Well, that was a, that was another poll we put out uh, during the week, and uh, we offered New York City, Las Vegas, Scranton, Pennsylvania, and Sheboygan. And uh, believe it or not, Sheboygan was the poll was the winning poll, and so we informed the city of Sheboygan uh, about this high honor that the Vandalay Industries Bowl had selected uh, Sheboygan, Wisconsin as their location. And they said, when are you coming? So, you know, we've got to have the folks at the Vandalay Industries Bowl um, uh, get a hold of the city of Sheboygan, but very exciting stuff for all involved. Yep. It's the, you know how fun, the Vandalay. I, I, you know how much, go ahead, sorry, go, go, no, I was just going to say, you know how fun it would be if you are a recruiter, one of the lead recruiters at Nebraska this week versus three weeks ago, six months ago, you oh, got a yeah. three-game win streak. You yep. print off the fact that we're tied for the Big Ten North. Like, your job yeah. just got so much more fun this week. Yeah, you're so right. It's the Big Ten West, Charlie. I, you're thinking of the Big 12. Did days. I just say North? You did. You did. <laughs> I, was, okay. I was literally just looking at a stat here. You're right. I was looking at Oklahoma stats. Uh, old, old Oklahoma, <laughs> Nebraska days gone by. <laughs> no, that's all right. That's such a good point. Um, I mean, you, t talk about a team with momentum a team that's playing for something. And I mean, look, we talked about the issues with the offense. I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about that more tonight, mm -hmm. but I mean, if you're, if you're selling this defense to a recruit, Holy smokes, for who sure. wouldn't want to come play for this defense? Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I would say to you is you talked about it too, is this the end of the game kind of was worrisome a little bit, but it's almost like Nebraska tried their best to re to like remember that they were Nebraska, so to speak. And I remember texting you and saying like after before that happened, I need to focus on just the positives because that's the last thing I remember was the end of that game. But you did bring up a good point when I said, I'm I'm content with that first half. And you're like, it's the best first half of the season by far. I'm like, oh damn, he's right. <laughs> like I just need to, I always tend to focus on the negative, but you're right. Like our that first half of the game was fantastic. It's the best we've had. And I need to focus on those things instead of the the last thing I remember at the end of the game with a turnover. Well, I think you're right. And the, the thing, one thing that kind of sums up exactly what we're talking about 
is the first sequence of events, like the first handful of plays where Mm -hmm. we're receiving the ball. (laughs) We fumble the kickoff and then we thought we had it and probably should have gotten a playoff there. But then of course they blow it dead. College football industrial complex weighs in all over that. They get, they, they get their review. They give the ball to Purdue um, you know, all common fans could be forgiven for at that moment executing a hat throw. Yeah. I mean, that was one of those. If you threw your hat across the room, again, not at any other humans. Um, but if you threw your hat, if you punch the couch, you know, this is a safe place for you. We don't judge. Uh, guiding <laughs> principle, guiding principle number two, mm-hmm. we don't judge on this podcast. So that was a hat throw moment. Absolutely. I, I'm gonna. I, this is this is the God's honest truth, guys. The very next play, Purdue has the ball. Um, Hudson Card, their quarterback, goes to pass, and he like in his throwing motion, just like dropped the ball, yeah. like it was it was a fumble um, because he didn't start the hand moving forward before he dropped it. But he just dropped the ball, and then he and then he landed on it. But they immediately lost five yards, and I immediately had the feeling. I'm not joking. I immediately had the feeling like, you know what, we're gonna be fine. <laughs> like we're going to, we're going to win this game. I, I don't know. And I haven't felt I'm, I'm like, we've had two double, digit, feeling, isn't it? <laughs> we've had double digit leads. And I've been like, yeah, we're definitely going to lose. Like, that I don't know the, what it was. Like, that's what a great, the game. that's what a great defense can do for you though. Right. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. Oh crap. We just gave the ball away on the, on the kickoff. Now here comes the defense, but you know, they still had to go what 25, 30 yards. Maybe I don't know for sure, but you still, you feel so confident in that defense coming out there. I'm thinking just hold them to three. Like just hold them to three, right. and we'll get that's the ball. A, that's and like, win, yeah, that's 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 too bad that that just happened. But when you have a great defense that can bail you out, and they have consistently done that, and hopefully they can continue to. Um, mm-hmm. It's just it's just a confidence it's a confidence thing, right? At least at least yeah. from a fan perspective. Like I'm up there in the stands. Well, here comes the D. Thank God they're going to save us again. So, yeah. well, and I think it was key. I mean, Purdue had I think they had two penalties on that draw, you know, yeah. I, I don't, I don't think they got a first down there. So they had the Hudson card drop ball. They have two penalties and then they go for, they were kind of in no man's land on fourth and 11 too too close to punt too far to kick a field goal. So they went for it and didn't get it, but it sort of felt like, okay, no harm done. That actually jacked up the the fans in the, in the, the crowd. Um, and so, but, but like, again, it just feels like in many, many recent years, we don't make that stop on fourth and 11. Right. Right. <laughs> Um, and so that was huge. And then it was so, it was so funny. Um, like it just felt like early on, it felt like, is this going to be one of those weird weather influenced six, three big 10 games or something? It was so sloppy at the, I made note of this at the four and a half minute mark in the first quarter. So not like super far into the game, but, but pretty well into the first quarter, uh, on the broadcast, they showed a graphic. And it said at the at that point in the game there had been three combined fumbles and two combined <laughs> first downs in the game. <laughs> Riveting and, television. Yeah. So it was just like, is this going to be one of those games? And then the Huskers immediately marched down the field. So we go four for four on third downs on that drive, which was huge. Native Nebraskan Ty Hahn has a catch. True freshman Jaden Doss had a catch. I think Jalen Lloyd might have had a catch there. Um, another true freshman wide receiver. So it's great to see these true freshmen speedsters who we've heard a lot about getting integrated in the offense. I mean, it's been born of necessity with the ind- with the injuries, um, but we need it and, and they're and they're coming through. Um, and then right near the goal line, Harburg, aka William Wallace, had that huge third and six pickup uh with his feet. Um, 
got the first down and then finished with that short uh, flip to to Thomas Fedoni um, um, to get uh, to get the touchdown. So we go up 7-0. Again, another quick stop by the D. And then what do we see again? Second week in a row, the option Please. pass, the belly G right. option pass, yeah, 73, 73 yarder to Jalen Lloyd. Charlie, if you're not totally caught up on all the episodes yet, first of all, get caught up. Second of all, we'll forgive you. But in the midseason review pod, Matty O called for the old school option pass because we had been seeing a lot of option at that point. We think we think Marcus Satterfield, Nebraska offensive coordinator, was listening. Um, we have we have a hunch that that Tom Osborne was listening as well because he's the one. Coach Rule said To recommended the play, um, and so you know you're again you're welcome, Husker Nation. Matteo basically <laughs> second you know second week in a row, um, big, huge huge option pass, and that thing that's such a quick hitter. That was the first play of that that second scoring drive, if I'm not mistaken. And it's so demoralizing for the defense. And even it's so important for this offense, which is otherwise struggling to for deep for defenses to see, well, we at least have to count for that. We at least know they have guys who can get behind the defense and they have these young speedsters. So I think that's really going to pay off. It doesn't just pay off in the moment. I think it's going to pay off down the road when other teams have to respect that pass. Right. But the thing is, and, and the fans have to have to realize that there are a decent handful or two handfuls of option plays that we have to run to set that up. So when the people are grumbling that Harbor, you know, Harburg keeps it on, you know, on an option and gets a yard, that's still like, we're setting things up down the road. Right. And I, and another, I'm just going to maybe call my shot here. I don't know who's going to do it, but oh boy, we, we might have, we, I think we've, I've seen it. Maybe I saw it once I think against Purdue and I don't really recall seeing it. Um, other than that, is that belly option where we just tuck it right into the fullback's stomach, and then and then carry out the option fake, and then he just you know like a a Makovic or a Schlesinger type would just kind of roll off the the lineman and scoot for 15, 20 yards. Um, so I would love to see that too. I don't know who's going to run that. Um, I know that Bonner's been taking some snaps at fullback. Maybe he's the guy. Um, but I would love to see that one now. So maybe you know what uh, I'd love to T- see. To uh, Dr. Tom Osborne. Uh, we know you're listening, Coach Satterfield. We know you're listening as well. Uh, let's dial up a fullback, uh, fullback trap off of that option play. You know what would be awesome? I'm going to get way ahead of myself for a minute, but but all three common fans already picked the Huskers. By the way, we should we should pat ourselves on the back again in the midseason review pod. All three of us picked the Huskers to win the next three, so we're two for two so far. Um, I think we go into East Lansing. Mel Tucker's not going to be there. He's going to be busy on a phone call. Uh, so the Michigan state program is a total yeah, disaster. Do I have a program anymore. I think we're going to put there? a beat down on, I, we're going to put a beat down on Michigan state, Maryland after I think what, like a five and O start or something like that is completely flailing. We, we, how awesome would it be the first time we bust out that fullback run Matteo, preferably for a touchdown against Wisconsin at camp Randall, like how <laughs> insane would Husker fans be going if we oh, see that? It would be beautiful. It would be beautiful, TJ. Oh, Char- and now Charlie, you're older than all of us by quite a bit. Um, you you probably remember. <laughs> you, you probably remember. You probably remember those those fullbacks from the glory days. Do you not? 
I do. And I, I always felt like Abe Lincoln ran the best fullback dive that we ever had at Preston. <laughs> you know, the, the thing that how old are I you? remember, that's not necessary, TJ. <laughs> I think, I remember though, in the early 70s, seeing Andra Franklin run the fullback. This guy was like pre Earl Campbell. Like he was Earl Campbell before Earl Campbell. And Earl Campbell was this all pro running back at a, uh, all world in Texas and then Houston Oiler. But you talk about, uh, we've always had great fullbacks. Heck, Roger Craig started out as a fullback back in the day. Yeah. So hold on. I just want to clarify something. Are you saying you remember seeing that personally in the early seventies <laughs> or, or some, your father told you about it? Just no, to- I, I, I absolutely was at those games unequivocally number 39 andre franklin just (laughs) wreaking havoc on linebackers god i love that so much and we've talked about that so many times on this pod um but more than anything the emphasis on physical play like it never gets old and like you see the backbone of these championship teams the, the great alabama teams of recent years the great Georgia teams, yes, they have great athletes and they can throw the ball around the yard, but they play great defense. They're built on a power run game and they're built on physicality. And that's like the most exciting thing to me about Coach Rule is that those are going to be the bedrock foundations of the program. And when we clean up the turnover issues, when we get more playmakers on offense, it's only going to get more exciting. And Charlie's going to remember all these games he was at in the 50s and he's going to be telling us about it and it's going to be it's just going to be unbelievable. Hey, you uh, know what I paid attention to the other day TJ by the way, you talked about this a couple of minutes ago. We talked about swagger. So you know who I think oh. I we haven't had this in my humble opinion for a while, but I paid very close attention to Tommy Hill and Quentin Newsom. Oh, and yes. when you've got DBs that have swagger and you are closing dudes out on the edge, mm-hmm. it's great for your linebackers to have swagger. It's great for your O-line beast modes to have swagger. But when you got your DB dudes just shutting down, you got something pretty unique. Oh, I yeah. love it. Yeah. God, and they and they that, both man. made they both those guys made big time plays yesterday. Yep. Tommy Hill is a dude. Yeah. He has, we talked about this earlier in the year. Like he's one of those guys that like both coaching staffs have just raved about. And it's so awesome to see him now find his groove and start making plays. And he's been making a lot of them. Um, Another thing we've talked about quite a bit um, is winning the last four minutes of the first half and the first four minutes of the second half. And the Huskers did that again yesterday um, at the last 336 of the first half, Purdue had the ball. They were starting a drive at the 336 mark, didn't end up getting anything. And then to start the second half, we force a three and out. Everybody's excited. And then what, what do we do? Heinrich Har- Harburg, who's a Husker hero, William Wallace, God bless him, immediately, <laughs> um, immediately fumbles um, to, to start the, to turn it over. And so if you think about that, our, our literally our first play of the game, first play of the first half was a fumble to turn the ball over. And the first play of the second half was a fumble to turn the ball over. And Purdue didn't get any points out of either of those. And so um, first of all, on that, on that second half one where Harburg fumbled, the defense makes a stop. We force a field goal try. 
And that's when you had the block field goal taken to the house by Quentin Newsom to put the Huskers up 21, nothing. And it really just that, I mean, that was the point already. We'd had a great first half. That was a point for me. Like it felt like this is our day. Like this is what we do yeah. to the Purdue's of the world. And yep. like, there's no way we're losing this game. Yeah. And guys like that, for some reason, I mean, Husker, Hus the Husker fans in stadium, in the Memorial Stadium, go nuts for touchdowns anyway, right? Just about any kind of touchdown. But there's something about a special team's touchdown that that place absolutely goes bananas. Like that just felt like like yeah. a moment of elation where, oh, my God, instead of costing us a game, our special teams is possibly helping us pull away in a game. And Charlie mentioned the swagger on those two guys. I mean, we got two swagged out DBs running down the sideline, high fiving each other at the 10 yard line before he even gets into the end. Yes, yes, yes. Like, man, that was Like the 41 year old dad part of me is like, what are you doing? Get in the damn end zone. Yeah, but then, right. like, the, the part of me that's still a kid loves that stuff. It's like, yep. that is so cool that they're doing that high fiving at the 10 yard line. I, I it, love it, that. It kind of reminded me of when you would play like Madden or NCAA football back in the day and you would break free for a long run and then you would get down to like the literal goal line and then just to rub it in everybody's face, you would just run up and down the goal line back <laughs> and forth. Like, oh, yeah. Like that's the kind of swagger that we had on that play. That yeah, was wait, awesome. Wait for him to catch up and then dive in. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but that was outstanding. Um, I, and I rewatched it later too. Um and seeing that on TV, I think, too, is like it's a different thing because, you know, what it's like when you're at the game, you know what it feels like. I see I always kind of love watching the game, rewatching the game or at least skipping through to the big plays and seeing how it looked on TV, because there's something cool about that to me. And these people are are just losing their minds. I mean, there's there's people jumping up and down. It looks like people are hugging. It's just fantastic. Mm hmm. So, Matteo, when you rewatched it, who did you think got a hand on that thing? Because I thought it might have been Tommy Hill coming around the edge, but I think it was Judy. Actually, yeah, 16. yeah, it was. It was Elijah Judy. It looked see, it looked like from from where I was at, my seats are in North Stadium. It looked like Tommy came off the off the edge and got it, um, but it was definitely Judy. Um, so yeah, no, that was that was just awesome. I love I love when the special teams can score, and we, you know we've kind of been saying it like it'd be great if the defense could get a score, or if the special teams could get a score. Um, I don't think we imagined it'd be a block field goal return for for six, but uh, yeah. we'll take those every single day of the week and twice on Saturdays. Absolutely. Absolutely. Another, another highlight was the Tristan Alvano, what was fifty five yard. Yeah. field goal and that's another kid who you know true freshman we know what he can do he's got all the potential in the world you know he kicked multiple you know 40 plus yard field goals um in the state championship game uh his last his last high school game of his career um you know missed a few to start the year i feel like a kid like that you probably don't want to have to put into duty right away um but it feels like he's found his groove and hit several field goals recently. And that one was really impressive. And I loved coach rule had a big smile on his face after, uh, after Alvano uh, kicked that thing through from 55 yards. So I love the, I love the belief in the kid and, and sending him out there and giving him a chance to do it. And then you could see, I don't know if you could see it in the house, Maddie or Charlie, uh, but you could definitely see it on TV. Alvano was pumped. Yeah. He was like super pumped. So like, hopefully Oof. that, like, that's a, that uh, was a rule. Yeah. Rule. Yeah, it was fun to see. Oh. Rule. rule had a big smile on his face after that one. 
Can I, I just say there's just there's nothing better than just a bomb kick? Like oh. there's big plays in games, but there is just something about a 50 plus yarder field goal right down the middle that is just borderline erotic. I love it so much. <laughs> well, and, and there's some something to be said about a, a coach too that has confidence in a kid to go out there and send him out there to, to attempt that kick in the first place, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm sitting there like, oh god, are we gonna? We're gonna. We're probably gonna just gonna maybe take a delay game and try to pin him, pin him down there. And then I'm like, oh no, here comes Elvano, and I and <laughs> I I kind of got goosebumps. I'm like, oh, he's gonna give the the true freshman a can't a chance to hit a 55 yarder. And I loved that part from the beginning. Like even if he doesn't make it, like give the kid a shot. Yeah. Um, and he yep. delivered. He delivered big time. All right. Yep. So I I don't want to I don't want to take us uh, too far down to negative town because on this on this podcast we celebrate. Then don't TJ. Then don't do it. Shut your mouth, Jeff. <laughs> on this, on this part, I love you, Jeff. I love you. I'm sorry. Uh, I love you. I'm sorry. On on this show, we celebrate all the W's, and this is absolutely a celebration pod. And it, you know, it's a stepping stone to beat the second-rate bull junk programs that we're supposed to beat, and we're starting to get over that hump. So we're so this is a celebration pod, but we we've got to mention basically after the field goal, after the 24 nothing lead, it felt like our day. It felt like we were going to run away. It felt like Purdue was going to go into its shell. And it was just kind of a mess for most of the rest of the second half, unfortunately. Yep. Let me I, let me flag for you guys a couple of things I really, really didn't like. Fourth quarter, Huskers have the ball. We are still up 24-0. About 12 and a half minutes left in the game, okay? It's second and eight. Uh, we call a play-action pass. Harvard rolls to his right incomplete third and eight we throw another pass it's incomplete we punt the ball mm-hmm. so like in my opinion there uh just run the ball three times i don't care if you don't get a first down instead of punting with 12 minutes left you're punting with nine and a half ten minutes left right. that matters mm-hmm. that stuff yeah. matters right so then yeah, the, sure. we do we do punt black shirts of course make another stop we get the ball back First play of the next drive, we call another pass. Now that was the that was the belly G option pass, which we all uh, no, no, Matt Matt Owens basically invented. Uh, and so <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, well Matt Owens called for and reminded To of there we go. Um, and so like h- hard to argue with that. That was the one where where Harbor didn't see at least that's what it looked like on TV. He didn't see the defender until it was too late, and he got blown up. Yeah. So then it was like second and 17 and then we fumble on the next play and not excusing the fumble, but then Purdue went down and scored with about nine minutes left at that point. So they score, they go for two and don't get it. So it's 24 to six, but like, instead of like, just again, and you don't even put yourself in that situation. If you just do three boring handoffs, hope that you get, or option, it doesn't have to be super boring. You can run the option. You can do whatever, but hope that you get, you know, try to get first downs. Of course, but at the very least, you should do no harm there and take two to three minutes off the clock at a bare minimum. And just um, like, I don't, I just don't understand with a 24 nothing lead um, mm-hmm. calling all those passes. And then that stuff matters. It matters even more when then we put Jeff Sims in is 24, six. We're still feeling good about ourselves. And 
he gets the ball stripped from him. And I got like, I know look, we're giving, we gave Sims a hard time at the beginning. A lot of these guys had fumble issues yesterday and that was a great play by the defender. I mean, he ripped it out from Sims, but they take it to the house. They get the two point conversion and suddenly it's 24, 14 and there's six 24 left. Now mm-hmm. credit to what they did to have a 10 point lead at that point. But Husker fans of recent years know all too well, that's plenty of time for things to fall apart. And it just felt like, like it didn't, have to get to that point right even, no, it even, did if, not. even if all of those things were going to happen but, the same way it could have been with like two minutes left instead but go of back to, go mm-hmm. back to that 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 play that sims got stripped on was was fourth and one was it not and were, yes. we, were we or were we not oh that in, was the other thing that shotgun, was the other thing in shotgun on fourth and one and we were and we did it in the first half too we were on the one yard line we went shotgun two times in a row that was the he weird shotgun, and then Harburg runs in. I'm like, that's a six foot five, two hundred and probably thirty pound guy. Go under center and do. They've done well at sneaking the ball this year. Like, why are you going yeah. in shotgun? And we we well, we end up scoring. He threw that little little flare out to Fedone for the first touchdown. But I I I cannot understand, and uh, I don't get why coaches will do. And it's not just us. I see it all. I'm watching a lot of yeah. college football. A lot of coaches do that. And I don't know if it's exchange issues there, with, with going under center. They don't do it as often or what it is, but I, I cannot say you're giving the defense yeah. a head start. Are are there stats behind that? Because I'd be curious as to find out why it makes more sense on fourth and one to just say, all right, well, we're going to go up for on fourth. Basically you're going for it on fourth and five because well, you're that was, I don't understand that. That was the weird one where it's fourth and one. We line up and try to get them to jump. They don't jump and we're content to take the delay of game penalty because we're going to punt. So they move it back. It's fourth and six. Then we do a long count on the punt and the guy jumps. So then it's fourth (laughs) and one again. And then we decide to go for it. And rule said after the game, he wishes he could have that one back. And like, if he could do it again, he would have punted. And I think like, I don't think like, I I don't think these kind of game management miscues have been too much. I think rule is the best game manager we've seen at Nebraska in a long time. So I'm not, did they show TJ, about. did they show on TV rules reaction when the guy jumped at fourth and one? Oh man. I'm trying I to remember see. Charlie. I, I don't remember. Okay, So here's why I asked. So he, their guy jumps and our guy, our right tackle or our oh. center. That's, right. That was that was the Center first fourth and one. That ball. was the first yep, fourth and first one. Fourth yes. And yeah. One. Yeah. Yep. And Coach Rule comes unhinged because it worked. Mm-hmm. We just like yeah. our guys just in the moment like didn't, didn't move, didn't him. snap, didn't whatever. Like it would have worked. Yep. Yeah. But I, I, it it was it was pretty obvious. Like whatever we were trying there would have worked if we could have just pulled it off. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know. Like as long as the defender there doesn't touch anyone. If he gets right. back before the ball snap, he's fine, right? I mean, isn't that right? right. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe that was I, I don't know. Um, that was just kind of a weird series of events. Again, we'll we'll so, give we'll give Rule a little bit of a break on that one. Um, I think you know, I, again, back to just run like taking as much time off the clock as possible, punt it, pin them back, mm-hmm. make them yes. try to throw, make them try to do something desperate, make them try to throw it to get down the field, make them take more time to get down the field. Um, and, you know, at that point, it's still 24 to six. Just pump yeah. the ball, like so. You know, and and again, he said after the game, he wishes he would have. So you know, we'll give them a little bit of a break there. So go ahead, Jeff. Can I ask a question? So you may not. <laughs> I'm going to make a statement then, but it's going to be in the form of a question. <laughs> why, why was Sims in? 
Like I just that's one question I have. Was there an injury there, or why was I, he in the game? There was. I think because I think because Harburg's just taking because he a took beat. that hit. He took that. Yeah. He actually yeah. went to the tent too, you guys. He yeah. did. So he immediately. Okay. Yeah. So he got blown up by that defensive end when he was rolling to the right. Yep. And then the next play, gets smoked again and fumbles. Okay. Went off to the sideline, kind of tried to compose himself, took a knee. All right. Stood back up, and they immediately took him back to the tent. Oh, so I right away, I didn't Mike, realize any of that. See, that is oh, one, yeah. that's one thing I did not know, and I was very curious about is because oh, yeah. I thought so that was we a, were... that was the thing. Yeah, that was the thing that I, I saw. I saw too, Jeff. Like people on online were like, "Why is Sims going in? Mm-hmm. Why, 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 what, what's happening? Like, why in the world did you put him in the game?" Harvard mm-hmm. was in the tent, man. There was no way he was coming back out. So he went in the tent, and immediately Sims started getting loose um, and, gotcha. and stretching and running on the sideline. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. That's well, good. huge credit to the to the Huskers for putting the clamps on, recovering multiple onside kicks. Um, and then, I mean, that last drive, when it was 24-14, we recover the onside kick. Then it was like we we got we got it was like, okay, let's 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 go, let's get serious. Let's go down and win this game. We forced mm-hmm. Purdue to we just steady diet of Emmett Johnson, uh, who looks great, by the way. Yeah. Um and we kept getting first downs and then Johnson busted that, that touchdown run right at the end to put the exclamation point on it. Um, and so again, like, again, I know we've beat this horse probably dead Husker teams of recent years just haven't won those games. Right? Correct. I mean, yep. how many times, have we, you know, how many times did we see it where it was like, okay, well, 15 different, like 15 different things still have to go right or wrong for us to lose this game. Like, okay. That was like, like the, after the, the fumble and the two, the Sims fumble, they housed it. Two point conversion is 24, 14. That was the point yep. in recent years where we say, well, look, we still have a 10 point lead. They still have to score twice. It's the fourth quarter. Like there's like 12 different things that would have to go wrong for us to still lose this game. And in recent years, it felt like, they always did go wrong and we did lose no. those games. And yesterday it was like, like it's starting to get to the point where in these games now you almost breathe easier and you say, you know what? They're not going to do that. They're not like, they're, this is a different team. This is a different mentality. I think rule has addressed this sort of mental mindset stuff head on. Um, and, and the things that he's emphasized physicality and running game are the things that you lean on late in the game. And so that's, what's resulting in these wins. And, um, just, just super exciting win. I want to move on to a couple highlights, quick, and and uh, discussion topics, guys. But anything, anything to to put a cap on the sort of game summary discussion. No, I think you Good. you said it nicely, Tidge. Just beautiful. Thank you, Jeffrey. Thank you. Uh, all right, boys. We've talked about it a little bit. But I we I cannot praise this defense enough. Coach Rule, pay Tony White his money. Keep that man. Mm-hmm. In Lincoln, yesterday was the first time since 2012 that the Black Shirts have held an opponent to less than 100 yards passing and 100 yards rushing. Just, I mean, just outstanding. Um, yeah. Not even two total yards. Currently sitting at 13th nationally in total defense. Nationally, we are also sixth in rushing defense, 21st in scoring defense, 17th in sacks. I cannot get enough of this defense. Put it in my veins, guys. Yes. Like. I, I love reading these national stats in the old days, even like after like the glory, glory days, but when we were still good and still regularly in the top 25. So like the Solich and Polini days in particular, I used to love to go to like Husker max and read the opponent news sources. 
and like read read about how you know the Huskers were just too much for our boys, or like the Huskers the Huskers beat up on our boys, and this is a this is a vaunted historic program, and we just couldn't overcome it. And like it's just it's just been so long since like we've had that feeling and that vibe, and now having this national nationally ranked defense and this outstanding defense, it's just so damn exciting. Sure is TJ. It is exciting. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I, mean, I touched on it. I touched on it earlier. You know, it's like that. There's just a certain and, and Charlie said the word swagger. You know, you can throw out all the adjectives you want. Yeah. For this defense. And the but the thing that I like is, and I think somewhere, somewhere we discussed this. Um, I think maybe it was UTJ or one of the, our buddies on one of our text threads about how young the defense is. And so, so that part yeah. is outstanding. I think it's Quentin Newsom and uh one of the other DBs uh I think are the only seniors, right? There's only like two seniors on that on that on that mm-hmm. core starting defense. Funny you mentioned that, Matthew. Uh, sorry, go ahead. I, I've I've got some some information on that front. Uh, did you were you making a you making a broader point there or a, more of a point? No, there? no, 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 no. No, I just uh, I just think that that's that's outstanding. It's really exciting. Um, I so again, so much so much confidence when that defense is coming out on the field. I mean, they even showed I, it at, at Illinois. We're we're down on the one yard line, and they had that goal line stand. Um, yeah. So I'm I just I I feel comfortable. When they when it's if it comes down to the end of the game and it's our defense having to make a stop for us to win, I feel comfortable with that. Yeah, I almost and if you want a comparison, it almost reminds me of the Notre Dame defense from 2012 with Manti Teo. Like they were so good and Notre Dame's offense was so bad. What? What? Jeff? What? I just making a comparison. Don't Lene, you dare! Don't you dare! Don't you, don't you dare say that to me, <laughs> Jeff. You know the rules. We we don't discuss the Irish at the table. We don't discuss the Irish All at right, the table, Jeff. Right, come fine. on, come on, Jeffrey. Um, to your point, Matteo, there are no seniors on the D line. Um, the polar bear and Ty Robinson are both juniors. I could see a scenario where one of both of those guys at least dips their toe in the water uh, for the NFL. So that would be a little bit of a concern, but man, hopefully they come back a la um, Jason Peter and, and Grant Wistrom um, to really play for something next year. There's no seniors at outside linebacker and MJ Sherman is the only junior. There's only one senior at inside linebacker. That's Luke Reimer and God bless that warrior. We're going to miss him. Um, and there are three juniors there. So at, at inside linebacker, Henrich Snodgrass and John Bullock are juniors. I would assume all three of those guys will be back, but we're lacking much depth behind them. I think there's two sophomores and that's it. So probably something we want to address via you know, sort of high school recruits and uh, the portal as well. Matt, you got your hand up. You want to say something? Yeah, I just think one of the other things that I like, and, and I think we mentioned it briefly over one of the last episodes, but the amount of guys that they play in this defense which I think will pay huge dividends that that Makai Bayer. I, I keep want to say Gabayer because it starts with a G. Makai's yes. been he's putting in good minutes. Um, Javen Wright, I think, has been he's I think he's plays Gifford spot. So he comes in once in a while and he's a, he's a good athlete. Um, they've got all these guys that are getting getting playing time, um, getting a series or two. That stuff's going to be huge down the road. No doubt. No doubt. Um, there's no. Further to the point, there's no senior safeties, and at quarterback, or, excuse me, cornerback, 
Uh, Newsom and Omar Brown are both seniors. So losing those, those will be significant losses. Um, and Newsom has just been a stalwart. Gosh, I remember when Frost, did Frost reel him in or does that go? I mean, that can't go back to Riley, right? No, with, he's a with, he was with, with, Frost. Frost. Yeah. With the COVID year, guys are playing like 17 years in college now. But um, but yeah, I remember when Frost got him and he has been, I mean, I think he's been a starter for a long time since freshman or sophomore year. Uh, and Omar Brown has been great. So we'll have to replace those guys. But I mean, you look at this defense and the havoc that they're wreaking and how well they're playing and the fact that we can cover the, the seniors we do lose, anybody we do lose, in the easier than ever, quicker than ever with the transfer portal. Man, if, the biggest thing to me is we've got to keep Tony White. And I know the guy wants to be a head coach. We need to prepare ourselves that he's probably not sticking around forever. Um, but, man, if they could keep him for a couple more years, really get this foundation in place, that would be so huge. Yeah. And, and at least how about, it, guy, how about when's the last time that we had guys coming off the edge just beating tackles? Oh, so good. Like just beating tackles. Yeah. Lenhart. And then yes. um, who's the kid? It was on special teams like three weeks ago, and they liked the way they, they liked his speed up. Uh, the Williams kid, number ninety, James Williams. Yeah, yes. Like you guys, if you want, for me, if I'm taking a, a real deep dive into the the coaching component, you got a kid that's on the scout team, right? Like when I was coaching in, in baseball in college, when you got a guy on the scout team, like he's kind of on the scout team. But all of a sudden, clearly these coaches are like, this guy might give us an advantage some way, shape, or form. And two, three weeks later, last week he had two sacks, I think. This week he's he's beating, beating his guy. He's in there in the third and fourth quarter. Like that speaks volumes to me of the message that is being sent to these guys that are down on the roster. Like, hey, next man up. Like we got dudes that are hurt. If you want to be a dude, like step up and practice hard. Let's see what happens. Yeah, no, that's such a good point, Charlie. You, you clearly haven't been listening because we talked about that last week. Um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, no, that I, I completely agree. Like, I feel like how many times have we heard about a guy that's 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 flashing or popping on the practice squad, and then you never see him? It's like, well, let's give this guy a chance. And then to your to your earlier point, Charlie, I mean, it feels like forever that we've been watching a Nebraska defense, and nobody gets home. Nobody gets to the quarterback. And yeah. it's make it's such a huge difference to have multiple guys be able to get to the quarterback and to be in the top twenty five in sacks. It's so huge, um, and and I think that's been such a such a big difference. I think it's it's complemented by how good the secondary has been, um, mm -hmm. as well. Um, so, um, just just huge, huge props to the defense, and I think. They're, they're the, they're the reason why we're five and three. Absolutely. And, and I, I might also humbly suggest, like, I think like you look at kind of an ugly win against Northwestern, you look at a couple ugly wins, even the, even the non, non big 10 teams that we won against the defense really won those games for us. Did, maybe that just bought us time to start believing as an entire team. Right. And this offense is going to be what it is. And it's going to be frustrating. And there's going to be more hat throw moments. And this is, you know, we're not going to figure all this stuff out this year on the turnovers and the offense and whatever. Um, but like this team is really starting to believe now. And we've got, you know, suddenly Michigan State is like worse than we even thought a few weeks ago. I think mm -hmm. Maryland, Maryland just had back to back losses to Illinois and Northwestern. Yes. Um, Wisconsin doesn't look like at least look like the world beaters they've been in recent years. 
Like mm-hmm. suddenly the West being in conversation is not just Kool-Aid drinking, right? This is no. for real. And this it's defense can play, this defense can play with anybody. And I don't know if you guys, I, I should have looked at, I didn't look this up Poor preparation on my part, but I just remember watching that Wisconsin Purdue game. It was on a Friday night. Like Purdue put up some points on the Badgers. Like Purdue scored, like Purdue, like they couldn't do any, their offense couldn't do anything against us. Right. So like you just, you think about it that way, we're going to be in every single one of these games that we have left. And, you know, this is probably a good time to share a stat uh, with common fans. Iowa's offense is still dead last in the nation at 133. <laughs> and so like, like we're going to be in these games. We're playing for the West guys. And I know like our message this year has been that the bowl making a bowl game is step one. And that's the, the the threshold. And I will say it again, if for whatever reason, we only win one out of the next four, we end six and six. That's still a smashing success for a year one head coach inheriting a program that hasn't been a bowl yep. game in 2016. Absolutely. But this conversation about the West is getting more and more real every day. And yeah, we've had a lot of injuries on the offense, but the defense is looking as spry as ever boys. Yeah. Well, let me ask yeah. you this, TJ. We had we have talked a couple of times about, you know, asking the question, um, maybe a little tongue in cheek. Do we do, do, do we really want to win the West? Does anybody really want to win the West and go to Indy and just get housed by Michigan or or Ohio State? Um, has your has your line of thinking changed at all? Are you have you because you said initially you kind of said, let's finish second and don't want to go play. I, I did say that uh, my, my it has changed to be honest with you. Um, part of it was you guys in that, in that moment kind of talked me into what a, what a terrible thing had just come out of my mouth. Um, but honestly, <laughs> Matt, I think the point that you made that resonated, Matt was like, there's a reason you play the games and like, you never know. Yeah. The Michigan thing kind of fell apart. We didn't have a lot of belief going into that game. They made a, the cheat, they had a they, they, and the Michigan Astros are big time cheaters. That's a whole Michigan separate Astros. pod. Um, yeah. We're not going. This is the pretty recap. We're not going to have time to get in that. We're going to address the Michigan Astros <laughs> on a on an upcoming pod very soon. Um, complete and total cheaters. Um, but like, I feel like we're already a different team from that game. So whether we we would go into Indianapolis playing Michigan, playing Ohio State, playing Penn State, no, we're not going to be favored. But like, the defense can play with anybody. I truly believe that. And you net you get a couple of breaks. You just never know what happens. So my thinking has completely changed on that. And I think, I think the, uh, you know, you guys both made some really good points um, uh, in that, when we had that conversation, the other one was, let's say we do go there. Let's say we get to Indy and we get beat down like coach rule in year one. Like that's, that's a smashing success. And that's something to sell to recruits. And that's something to sell to the fan base. And that's like, that's, and then you're still going to a great bowl game. Like, yes, we want to get to Indy. We want to win the West. Absolutely. Well, if if there was, if there was such a thing as like a live tracker for big 10 coach of the year, rules gotta be the front runner right now. Right. I mean, who else in the big 10 can you think of? It's like, well, he's really getting a lot out of his team. um, I was going to say, Matt, is that they even mentioned that during the game. They're like, I mean, if you look at Nebraska's record right now and the potential for what we can, could have by the end of the season, they're like, this typically isn't Matt Rule's forte. Usually he has a slow start, right. work it out type of first year. So if he can get us to a bowl game in the first year, if not better than that, and have a, you know, seven, eight, even I dare to say it, nine win season. You're damn right. He should probably be in the top ranks for Big Ten coach here, in my yeah. opinion, for I sure. I mean, look, if we get to Indy, 
to me, it's not close. Like if we no. get, if we, no. if we won, yeah. if we won the, if we won the West, forget about it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, this, I've, I, I'm curious. Does anybody, I'm going to look up, I'm going to look this up really quick. Um, basically let's say we beat Michigan state, we beat Maryland. Right. And so then even in that instance, if Iowa keeps winning, if Wisconsin keeps winning, we at least control our destiny with those two. Well, right? Minnesota's Minnesota's got to lose. That's well, right. I know I, they, I, that's what, that's where I was going we, with this. So I'm looking up Minnesota's schedule and they, they still, will Matthew, they have to play um, number three, Ohio state on November that's, 18th. Yeah. That's snake oil salesman flack. He's going, he'll go down. He'll go down. <laughs> and I mean, and they end with Wisconsin, which is a rivalry game. Which yeah, is no that, and that's, matter. that's going to be, I mean, they're going to, they're going to beat up each other. Um, and to me, that game's a toss up Wisconsin, Minnesota. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And Minnesota's got they got Minnesota's got to go to Purdue, um, not next weekend, but the weekend after that. I I wouldn't put it past Purdue to all of a sudden step up and play play well enough to beat Minnesota, even though even though Purdue's two and six. Purdue, I heard this earlier in the week before the Purdue game. They have played all Power Five teams. They have not played a Sun Belt team. They have not played a Conference USA team. Sorry, the only the only they had one. And the only non-power five team they played was Fresno State. Who guys? Fresno State. I've been talking. I've been calling Fres Fres yes all year because Fresno State is a pretty good <laughs> ball club, um, and they they play hard down out, out there in the valley. Um, so they're. I mean, Fresno State basically could be in the Pac-12. They're good enough to be a Pac-12 team, honestly. Um, yeah. Maybe bottom of the barrel Pac-12, way as good as the Pac-12 is this year. But power Purdue has not played a cupcake. Is my point. Um, so yeah. they're they're better than the two and six. And all people are going to say, well, Nebraska hasn't beat anybody. Well, I mean, Purdue hasn't done great, but they're two and six. But they they played a tough schedule. I look. I think I think mm-hmm. we 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 went out. I, I, you know, I would put money right now that we're in Indy. I think there's there's a scenario where even if we go, um, what do we have? Do we have five left. What are we? We're five. Four. We're we're uh, uh, yeah. We have five games. Four. Um, Oh yeah, we're five and three. That equals eight. Uh, I don't do math. Um, so e- even even if we go three and one, I think there's a, there's an outside chance. You know, yeah. just with the way the big the Big Ten has been. You know, we beat up on Illinois and and they turn around and um, and get um, uh, who did they beat? Why why am I blanking on this? And then like we beat up on Northwestern. Oh, Illinois beat uh, Maryland, and then we beat up on Northwestern, and they turn around to beat Maryland. So you just you just never know in this league. Um, so even at three and one, I feel like there's a chance we get to Indy again, guys. I'd love to see us in Indy. I'd love to see us uh, win in the West the last year of its existence. Don't get me wrong, I'm gonna be so daggum excited when we punch that sixth win. Uh, and I firmly yeah, believe it's, it's going to be next. I will do. I firmly believe it's going to be next week. Yeah. But we just all like, just, yeah. you and every travel agency in Nebraska, <laughs> exactly. that contingent, you got people that haven't they've been saving for since 2016 to go to a bowl game. Oh, it's going to be droves yeah. of humanity. That's yep. exactly oh. right. That's exactly yep. right. All right. We're going to pivot here uh, a little bit to, to some family business here. Um, and we're going to, uh, common fan guest tonight, Charlie Cologne, um, put out a uh, a tweet uh, to, into the stratosphere yesterday that got a ton of engagement. Um, honestly, a lot of thoughtful responses. Uh, I felt like on from all sides of the debate. Um, so I want to. I want. We wanted to address this head on. I think it's 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 of interest 
to the fan base. And um, I know people have a lot of strong opinions on it. Here was Charlie's tweet. Quote, we are four and three going for a W today and one game away from being bowl eligible. Yes, it's chilly, but we are Nebraskans. Should I expect us to do better in supporting our Huskers? Best fans in college football, right? Talk to me. End quote. So, and and Charlie, the way you worded that, it wasn't like, I wouldn't call that a big time call out. I thought it was like a conversation starter, right? Yeah. And uh, at least I I think we've had, you know, we've we've seen a bunch of engagement into today. Last I checked before we started recording this, there were 187 likes on your tweet, 27 replies. Um, I, I would guess without doing a scientific analysis of the engagement that, you know, the majority of folks were in agreement with you. Former Husker Luke Gifford was in agreement with you, uh, along with several others. But there were some interesting responses as well, responding to you, Charlie, about how cold it was, about, you know, hey, the product on the field hasn't been good for years. Fans can't be expected to keep coming back to this. Um, you know, stadium needs to be upgraded and renovated, which we all know the athletic direct department is doing something about. Um, just some some different, you know, some different responses. So um, I want I wanted to bring this, you know, let's have a family meeting about this. Wanted to bring this to the common, <laughs> let's I wanted to bring this to the common fans. Um, Charlie, man, you you put it out there. Let's I want to put it to you. I mean, what's first of all. Let's start here. What were you seeing inside the stadium that led you to think this? Because one 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 thing that mo- multiple people tweeted was they, they responded to you was that well it was right before halftime. Everyone's going to the bathroom. They're getting a refill on their popcorn. They're getting a second runza, whatever it is. Um, but I you're you're a pretty smart guy, Charlie. I'm guessing you wouldn't have sent that. Like you you're aware when people are going to the bathroom at halftime. Like I'm guessing you saw something more than just people taking a halftime break. Yeah, so it, it, I literally just posed a question. Like, I'm not a guy on social media that I'm not throwing puzzle rockets out there to poke the bear. Like, most of the time, I just want to have a conversation. That's why I said, talk to me. Like, I'm interested to see if my old school needs to get to new school and have things, have my perceptions change or shift a little bit. By the way, 32 text messages directly to me because of that, the topic. 32 different people. Like, wow. hey, Let's talk. I'm at, I'm interested. I'm with you. Like, yada yada yada. Okay. So I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know you knew 32 people. That's impressive. It's a fair <laughs> question. We'll get back to it. Right. <laughs> so, so, so here's here's what's fascinating to me. Just a couple points to kind of set the stage. One is, I I've been going for a long time. Like, I'm fascinated by Husker fans as a Husker fan. Not only do we consistently show up. We cheer for the opponent, win or lose. We welcome them to the stadium. Like, and let's call a spade a spade. For the last 20 years, we've still been coming. Right? That is amazing yeah. to me. There is no other program on the planet that would have that happen. Mm-hmm. But I think what we've all seen the last five to seven years, the student section has certainly waned. Yep. And yesterday, In one full section, there was literally nobody. Mm -hmm. So, so, so when I, so the, so the reason I sent it is as I'm in the North stadium looking, normally you see people shoulder to shoulder and it's packed, right? My humble, my humble assessment. and And I'm sitting next to a guy 
who is an architect who's done work at stadiums. We'll leave it at that. And I said, how many empty seats do you think there are, there are today in Memorial Stadium? Which got me thinking. Because I said, look up, I can't believe it. I, you always assume they're going to show. They're going to show you this. I would bet 25,000. To which I was like, mm. wait, what? So then you look up in the east balcony, sparse. West Stadium, not shoulder to shoulder. North Stadium, not shoulder to shoulder. The number of people selling or giving away tickets before the game, I personally had never seen anything like it. Now, I will say that under the uh, under this premise, you guys. Like, we're tough people. Like, we're Nebraskans. I watch NFL football games in Buffalo, New York, when it's snowing. The place is jammed. Right. So if we came, my, my, my thought was if we came the last 20 years when we were average to subpar and showed up, like why in the world today when it's 30, I get it. It's chilly. Like I had four layers on too, man. I, I, had, I had all my gear with me, but if we are at the point where now we're four and three, we are, we're punching the door to a bowl game. Like what was different yesterday? And so I really just asked the question to say like, what am I missing? Like, we are the best fans in college football. I will believe that until the day that, that I die. But but I think we're on the verge of something unique here because am I coach – do I love Coach Rule? I love Coach Rule. I've totally drank the rule aid. I'm all in. But I think bigger than that is just who we are as a fan base. And we have set a very high bar up until this point. And yesterday I was just confused. I'm going to be honest with you. So that's why I sent the tweet. I just wanted to have a discussion. Yeah. And Charlie, I, I actually took a video. I, my son likes to go. Um, my son will go to every single game if, if it, if it works. Um, but he likes to go in. He likes to literally get in the stadium an hour early to watch the guys warm up. He likes to see which players are out there. Who's got in line in the depth chart, what drills they're doing. And you know what? I, I'll do it for him. Cause you know, I remember my dad taking me to games and, and we, we did the same thing, but um but it got down to be, it was about 25 minutes on the clock until kickoff. And I took a video and I sent it to Jeff and TJ. And I said, God, this is going to be interesting. It's 25 minutes to kickoff. And there, the stadium is probably not even half full. And I'm like, this is going to be really interesting. I said, I'll keep you guys updated. And really, I would say probably 20,000 more people came in from, from that moment until kickoff. But it, it was it was obvious to me that I would say there was probably 70,000 there, maybe 75, but there was not the announced attendance that they said. And we've known that for years. Every time they say, well, yeah, that's the ticket sold, whatever. Um, but I was saying kind of the same thing, Charlie, to these guys um, a, a day or two ago. It was like, you know what? If we can't, we whine and we complain. We, we Our team's bad. Our coaches are bad. This stuff, we don't have enough talent. And now we're having a, a, a decent season. We went undefeated in October, okay? And to me, it's like you don't have the right to complain if you had a ticket and you sold it or gave it away. If you're if you're saying it's too expensive, I saw somebody post on SeatGeek uh, yesterday morning. There was tickets for like five, six bucks. So the too expensive thing doesn't work. I just, you know, and I'm not one of those people that says everybody's going soft, but Dang it, yesterday it sure felt like it. And, yeah. you know, when I was a student down there, there's no there, – I had student tickets. There's no way I was missing a game. 
I don't care what the temperature was. I don't care if there was a hurricane. You know, they're going to have to yeah. kick, they're going to have to kick us out of there. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what that is. And um, I really appreciate I thought I thought your tweet was super timely, especially since we were talking about it. And I'm mm-hmm. super I'm super pumped to hear it. Um, be able to hear your take on it since you're you know you're the one that sent it out there and i com- i wholeheartedly completely agree with you and, and i think we're coming from the same place of like what what more do we want right mm-hmm. we we've been we've yep. been clamoring for a winning team for seven years just a winning team a winning record and then mm-hmm. we we've got a winning record we need two wins to be bowl eligible and we can't show up yeah so. i i'll come at it from a different perspective and I looked at some of the replies on your tweet too, Charlie. And one of them I noticed is one technology has just expanded over the years. And the number one thing I saw in there is that stadium experiences do not outweigh the experience you can have in your home. Now it's warm, it's comfortable. You can get up, you can grab a beer. You have high definition television right in your face now. Um, but I don't still don't buy that as an excuse. But what I do kind of think is something that's I can when we talk about student section, those kids, they weren't alive when the Huskers were good. <laughs> we were that right. far removed that some of those kids just they don't get it. They don't know what it was like. And I sound really old when I'm saying this, saying that, but they just don't understand it. I hate to be that guy, but they just don't get it. And maybe if we can get back to where we were we will fill that, that spot up again. But I think right now those kids are so used to the Nebraska that we've had over the last decade that they just don't care. And it's going to take more than one season to bring those kids back. We're going to have to continuously keep grinding this out, which I think that we will do. And I think I, you know, I want to, I want to say they're all bad because they're, I mean that the student section section right next to the band, that was pretty packed. Right. Mm-hmm. Like 45 minutes before the game. I'm like, well, those kids are all there, but you know, and every home game, those students show up. They're incredible. Yeah. They yeah. are incredible. It's the South, it's the South stadium student section that, you know, it, it when situations like that, that's going to be the, the top of that part up there is going to be the first place to clear out too. Yeah. We just need more fireball shooters up in that area. That's all. Yeah. We need. Just <laughs> set up Jeff. I'm going to put this to you, Jeff. You smuggle in uh, a couple of those buckets, <laughs> those fireball buckets. You can get them. I've seen them at Casey's nope. General Stores. Um, take a few of those buckets. Out there. Those, and those kids will probably pay a decent amount of money for, for one of them. You can Top dollar. Five Top dollar. Pop, or yeah. maybe even more. So Pass them out for free. Yeah. Either that or we need to give them a, a Be Our Guest card for a free chicken sandwich or something. Right? <laughs> there, there you go. go. I'll be Charlie, walking you... up and down the aisle there. Just get your fireball shooters and Chick-fil-A sandwiches here. <laughs> just chucking them. Just throwing them at people. Charlie, do you know anyone who could help with that, with the chicken sandwich thing? We're work, you know, we're there's some things we're working. Yeah. We're working. By the way, well, by I, the way, is there is there a, is is Chick-fil-A in being sold in the stadium? Is that like is that coming? Mm-hmm. No, that so there, there's a lot there's a lot to that, Matt. I mean, we sold inside of the stadium for the first time during volleyball day. Nice. And um, that was, you know, obviously a special circumstance. It was a Wednesday. There was going to be some challenges very similar to the Garth Brooks concert in terms of concession help, availability of product, length of time people were going to be at the venue, so many different factors. And so we ended up bringing that Chick-fil-A mobile kitchen to town, right? But but inside the stadium for football, um, 
we're not in a bunch of venues around the country uh, at this point. I mean, I think one of the fun things about Memorial Stadium that 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 Trev and some others are working on is how do you make that thing work other than seven times a year for home games? Yeah. Whether that's mm-hmm. concerts, whether that's volleyball, whether it's pro soccer. I mean, listen, we could you guys could devote a podcast just on ideas of how you make that thing work. But I think I think music is a big one. I think that's a no-brainer at some point in time to figure out how you get a handful of concerts in that place um, every year. And if you look at the stadium renovation, that the South Stadium that has the cover over the top of it, I mean, you can only surmise that that's part of the reasoning around it, right? But, um, but, 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 lots of lots of things happening on that front. Uh, I do think I'm I'm with you. Jeff, unequivocally, technology has changed the game. And that is such a, a fair – I can remember my guys, you know, back in the 1800s when these games weren't televised, <laughs> TJ. Um, but when you saw the Huskers on TV once or twice a year, it was awesome, right? But now it's every game. and Everybody's got a, a TV with an incredible picture. And it is a, a comfort – however, right, what we know uh, and was very evident – less than a couple months ago, volleyball day in America, right? That place was rocking. I would go so far as to even say a week ago with the weather for that home game. And the, mm-hmm. the, the I gauge it by two things, you guys. I knew it was going to be weird this week. We got down there at 8.30 to set up our, our Chick-fil-A trailer, get kind of everything set up. And I could tell in that horseshoe lot, there were maybe three cars. Mm-hmm. For a two thirty wow. game, like that's wow. never the case, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's never crazy. the case. Yep. So that's one. The second thing is the tunnel walk. I can tell the quality of the crowd, the intensity of the crowd. That not the t- I'm talking about out the, the unity walk. Excuse me, outside of the stadium, oh, when yeah, you okay. get fans yeah. that yeah. have packed that entrance yeah. way, and the buses pull in, and all he- I mean, they're just losing their mind. There, there was. I mean, you could have walked right up to the front yesterday. So hmm. you could just kind of tell the, the, the last way that I can tell is how our inventory goes when we are selling. Last week, we could have started sell. We normally start selling about 11, 11, 15 for a 230 game. Windows up, man, here come people. Here they come, right? It's just a constant barrage of people. The, the unity walk happens and then really the economy of scale hits. and th- That's when your sales really burst. You guys, I think we sold as much yesterday between 145 and 230 as we did between 11 and 145 and then we sold the same amount at halftime not because people were coming out to get warm they were heading home right so the people that went out to get home if you looked at the stadium i sent that i sent that tweet phones blowing up having all kinds of fun conversations but honest to gosh i bet only a third of them came back after halftime and so that's the hard part for me is like, I, we are gritty. Listen, if we die, we die, right? Like, it's, right. It's, that, it's, that, it's that Matt Rule thing. Like, I, our fan base is that gritty. I, I believe that, like, with my heart. I just need – I think we need to find our grit, right? Yeah. I think our team has found their grit. I think they have found their resilience. You guys, mm-hmm. I, I, I watch those dadgum coach rule um, – post-game, pre-game locker room speeches on Monday just to get me worked up to go sell chicken, right? Like, like guys, dude. But I think we got to get our grip back. We got to get our swagger yep. back as fans a little bit now. I think it's on us to kind of go, hey, we're, we, we are Nebraska. We're going to own that. We're the best fans in college football. And we're going to bring it back to the table again. Because I think, you know, 
we, we could probably do a little bit better. Do I agree with all of the things that people said? I do. The one thing that I loved about that whole tweet, 99.99% of all of those were respectful. It's who our fans yep. are, right? Absolutely. We're just having yeah. a conversation. I wasn't saying right. I was right. I wasn't saying they were wrong. I love conversations like that because I think it, again, highlights who we are, who we've been, and who we will be in the coming future. And I think that's a big part of, of what our program is and exactly why you have recruits that pay very close attention to our fan base and our program. I think you're right. And I think we have to acknowledge that, that there is an impact from years of losing. And even with that, like we have continued to show up to your point, Charlie, and a, and a point we've made, but I do think there's an impact. The fan base is a little bit beat down. Um, and there is like where it used to be like, holy, holy cow. Like I got a, I got a ticket this weekend. Uh, you know, that, that used to be like the thing to do on a, on a home football Saturday. And now it's like, well, you know, maybe, maybe I'll go, maybe I won't kind of thing. And, and again, the, 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 I don't think that speaks for the vast majority of fans, but that, that sentiment has crept in a little bit, I think to the fan base. And I, I, I think I might contradict myself here. Like we can acknowledge that, that that is true. And it was cold and windy yesterday. And then all these, some of these other issues that we're talking about are not unique to Nebraska. You, professional sports teams and universities all over the country are trying to figure out how to deal with this. Every game is on TV. You And if you, it, you can go, you got it on your phone and you got it on TV at home, or you can go to a sports bar and have 50 games on TV and you yeah. can be surrounded by your friends and go to your own clean bathroom and get your cold beer out of your fridge. Like everybody's dealing with that. Right. And yeah. ev everybody, every program is trying to keep people to keep coming to the games. These student issues are certainly not unique to Nebraska. Mm -hmm. And then we know like, the, yeah. like they're, they're doing a $450 million renovation. Charlie, Charlie, you and I spoke yesterday briefly after the game, like most places you go now, you get your own seat. You don't sit on a, on a metal a bench, bench. Right. A metal bench that mm -hmm. is scalding hot when it's hot out and freezing cold <laughs> when it's yes. cold out. Right. So all of those things are true, but where I come down again, maybe it's just a little bit of a, old man, get off my lawn kind of thing. Can we say all these things are true? And at the same time say, look, we need to have a family meeting and say that it's not good enough or say, or say, say when it's not good enough. How about that? Right. Like, right. because some, like uh, I would say most of the time it like Husker fans, we're not like, it, we're not saying that this has a, been a lingering problem or that like we're, you know, we're holding the, we're not MacGyvering the, the uh, sellout mm -hmm. streak. Right. I mean, I know, yes, <laughs> we don't always have 86,000 people in the stadium, but more often than not, we do fill the thing up. Right. And yeah. so, and so I think it's just one of those things, Charlie, like you, you just put it so eloquently, it's a conversation and people are respectful mm -hmm. about it. But I think where I come down is like, it's just like <laughs> part, part of the, part of the reason Nebraska is great is because we have fans who are who do things like have podcasts and sit around and have these conversations at you know at on Sunday right. night after games <laughs> right and we we're taking it so seriously but that's why Nebraska is so great right just like the standard is the standards for championship teams the standard is the standard this right. is how we win again by right. continuing yeah. to continuing to show up at the old gray lady and continuing to fill that thing up and so i really appreciate you putting it out there charlie and I like, I don't think like, I, I would go so far as to say yesterday was more of a rarity than not. Yeah. Uh, I think the weather probably had a lot to do with that. And I think as you were saying, Jeff, as, as the program continues to get better, 
you're going to see more and more students showing up. It's going to be a harder right. and harder ticket to get. I don't think we're that far off from that, guys. No. The one thing I would say is with you, Charlie, and you know, I've gotten comfortable speaking with you, so I'll just be candid. You're selling your delicious chicken sandwiches outside of the stadium. That might be some of the drawback and why people are leaving because people clearly want to eat a delicious chicken sandwich over a beef and cabbage hot pocket. Am I right here? <laughs> Why not? Listen, why, not both, it Jeff, go, why not both? Yeah, why, why not both? Why not both, Jeff? <laughs> Absolutely. So, Jeff, Jeff, you know, hold on. Just, let me, let me and, and to that point, Jeff, I got to be honest with you. I, I will promise you at some point in time this week, I will host you at my place and we will let you sample multiple chicken sandwiches, <laughs> namely one right yes. now that is the honey pepper pimento. Damn, that I, I literally, just, I, when I say, I'm telling you, my mouth, I, Come yeah. down, I'll take good care of you. I just had that one, Charlie. It's so good. Oh. That one is so good. Hold on, Jeff. I just want to understand something here, and then we'll wrap up. So you have like a visceral hatred of potlucks, but you have no problem walking out and buying a chicken sandwich from a stand selling chicken no. sandwich. You have no idea. No. You know. Uh, because you know why, TJ? I'll, I'll give you one phrase right here. Food handlers permits. That's why. <laughs> that's why I enjoy eating from a professional establishment. Well, and we do know we do know Charlie and the team are are nothing but pros uh, over at Chick Fil A. So everyone swing through the one at at uh, South Point. Charlie, what that I just call it the pimento one. That that one is so good. What's it called again? Tell tell the tell the honey pepper pimento. Yeah, it's so so, so uh, two pickles, breaded chicken, dollop of our own pimento cheese couple jalapenos sorry not how not pickles jalapenos i got that wrong cup three jalapenos chicken dollop of, of pimento cheese and then a little bit of just sweet honey on top so you get the honey you get the sweet the salty and the jalapeno. A little spicy oh, goodness oh. gracious that's so damn good honey so hush good. i'm gonna have that tomorrow morning right when i go <laughs> Uh, I mean, the other thing is Chick-fil-A has figured out is the combination of whether it's the sandwich or the nuggets, just the standard, like the basic chicken, right? The stand, the traditional standard sandwich with the Chick-fil-A sauce. Like, I don't know what it is. That's like the perfect combination. It's like crack. I mean, literally I've ordered like two or three sandwiches for one meal for myself when I'm super hungry. Like I can't, I can't get enough. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. Uh, we've, we've blown enough smoke up, up Charlie's behind here. Uh, it's all true though. Um, all right, guys, I want to wrap up. We're going to give out our corn cobs. Uh, before we do that, I just wanted to share this quote I found uh, from coach rule from yesterday that if we're not ready to run through a brick wall, now we are going to be, here's what he said after the game quote, I don't want just one more. You want just one more. I want to win every game we play. I say that humbly. I want to come out every week and compete. I'm still mad about some of the games we lost. I'm excited about the opportunities that are ahead. Boys, we've got the right guy. Yeah, we got a ball coach. We do. Yep. Yep, we do. We absolutely do. Uh, so, uh just God. All right. I'm going to I'm going to take I'm going <laughs> to when we shut down this headphones, I'm going to take these or this this recording i'm gonna take these headphones off i'm gonna go run a couple laps around the block um, <laughs> probably with with the nebraska flag all right we're doing we're doing corn cobs for the best performance of the week geoff and lincoln who do you got uh well as i said last week and i'll say this again we love a good star we love 
casual fans like myself love action. We love the highlight reel. We love back in the day on ESPN when they had the top 10 plays of the week, blah, 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 blah. But what I will say is there is a point, and even for my, me, myself personally, that even a fundamental awesome play really does save the day. So I'm going to give it to Quentin Newsom uh, for two things. And one is just that muffed punt or a muffed uh, kickoff. The one thing I would say about that is that what was the score at that point? Was it zero, zero at that point still, or had anybody scored? Yet? Are you talking about the first play of the game? No. So when, zero. when, uh, we dropped, Oh, when he off. recovered. Yes. 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 Was it still zero yes. or zero at that point? Um, I don't dude. think we'd scored yet. So that would have put them deep in our own territory. That was huge and when he jumped on that ball. Yes. And, we won, the, and if, we won the review. Yeah. Yes. Imagine if that didn't, if he wasn't prepared for that, if, if Purdue would have had the ball down there, I assume they score after that, right? They're there yeah. deep in our own territory. They score first. That completely changes the momentum and the trajectory of the game. So him having the wherewithal in the middle of all of the white that was there, he was the only, only Nebraska player down there observant, saw it, dove on it, saved the day, in my opinion. That's part one. Part two, obviously, what's more Hollywood than a blocked field goal kick? Like you said, Owens, that's one of those things that you love it. But what's more Hollywood than a blocked field goal kick? Blocking it and then returning it to the freaking house. I mean, <laughs> when was the last time that happened? Was that They said, I think it was probably 2016, maybe even farther back than that. Uh, Charlie that is one remembers. Of, <laughs> it's like 1898 right yeah <laughs> it has it's been a minute it's been yeah. a minute since we've returned a field a the, block field goal there is so when people watch rocky right you don't you don't tune in for the defense you don't want to see rocky balboa holding his hands up and having you know clever lang holding his hands up and just can't <laughs> we want to see offense we want to see these people like in rocky four just beating the living hell out of each other we love offense we love scoring explosions Give it the new summit. That was freaking incredible. Absolutely. Great call, Geoff. Matteo. Well, first of all, I thought GF was going to recite Rocky's speech from the end of Rocky Four when he's talking <laughs> to the Russian people. Um, Anybody can change. The way, the way I felt about yous. Yous. The way yous felt about me. Everybody um, can change. Um, sorry, I had to get that in there. Um, you know, I went I went defense last week, and TJ gave me some crap about giving – uh, corn cobs to too many guys. Um, and I honest to God, I could give it to two of those same guys again. Jamari Butler, I think, is is not getting talked about enough. Loving me defense. some Jamari Butler you know, right now. Charlie was talking about guys coming off the edge, and he's just all over the place. He popped out that fumble. Um, and I think did Newsom recover that one too? Did he have two? He recovered. He, I saw, who recovered the one that anyway? Jamari pun, punched that one out. Uh, Prince will. Uman Mielin, and I'm I keep saying his last name over and over because I think he deserves it. Uman Mielin, yeah, he is a ball <laughs> player too. Those yep. two guys, um, for for the next couple years, assume hopefully we can hang on to him, and you know that somebody's not going to try to uh, give him duffel bags of cash uh, and nil <laughs> money to go somewhere else. Those guys are going to be studs for us. Uh, already are, um, but I had I went defense last week, so I got to go offense this week. I'm going with. Emmett Smith, excuse me, Emmett Johnson. <laughs> uh, guys, I we've had a running back lead us in rushing two weeks in a row, and I've been I've been a big guy saying that we can't have 
our quarterback being our leading rusher. It's not. It's mm-hmm. not. It's not a recipe for sustained ex- su- success. Um, nope. But I want to. I want to read off. I want to read this off. Okay. So it was twenty four fourteen. We recovered um, the onside kick, and the drive went like this. Um, let me pull it up here. I had it just a minute ago. Um, bear with me, boys. Almost While you pull that up, Matty, I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll remind folks. I got, what it. You said. I got okay, it. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, here's the drive. Emmett Johnson, four yards. Emmett Johnson, four yards. Emmett Johnson, eight yards. Emmett Johnson, two yards. Heinrich Harburg, two yards. Emmett Johnson, 28 yards for a touchdown. Ice it. Game over. I mean, he, he stepped up and the guy and he and he I know he's a young fella, but he doesn't seem to get he seems to fall forward a lot. I know he's not a huge big guy. But he's he's getting to be slippery. He's seeing the creases, and I'm loving what I'm seeing from that kid. So Emmett Johnson, you know the, well, he's see, Cobb. Go, those go numbers ahead, indicate to me workhorse. It's like my man Frank Gore, workhorse. workhorse, workhorse, love it. Workhorse. Yeah, well, I, I, well, look, I mean, he we said it last week. He seems to have. I think I think people think he's small. I think that's a misconception. He seems to have the right combination of speed and slipperiness, and also he's he packs a lot of power. And so I think yep. for like a big town, ta- big 10, every down back, like I'm super excited about Emma Johnson moving forward. So great call on that one, Matty. I'm going to go next. I'm going to go next and our, our, and our guest picker is going to go, go last. So uh, Isaac Gifford gets mine. Um, he made a couple of great yes. plays. He made a couple of great plays last week. He was in, in the running for a corn cob last week. Um, a couple I want to, I want to call out, um, this goes back multiple coaching staffs and all of these coaches know more about football than I do. So I'm sure there's something to it, but it drives me nuts when we have defensive backs running with the receiver, they can see the receiver looking up for the ball and they don't look up for the ball and they just, they mm-hmm. do something with their hands. Yep. It's And, and you, it feels like, I'm sure this is wrong. It feels like the receiver always makes the catch. And so Gifford in the first half had that huge, pass deflection so first of all he ran with the guy step for step but second of all i think he kind of half turned his head i don't really care if he turned his head or not but he got his arm on the ball that was a third down um uh pass breakup um and that one was huge and then early in the second half it was third and one um purdue was still hanging around felt like they were trying to get some momentum and he had a huge tackle for loss um on on third and one early early in the second half and that's just two i mean that guy's been all over the field he's such a great athlete um good nebraska boy love having him on the team and so uh isaac gifford gets my corn cob charlie what about you love it yeah it's a so there were so many yesterday i I mean i think tommy hill would have been an easy one um i'll be honest with you guys i'm a huge fedoni fan Fedoni is oh, yeah, we could throw to that dude 50 times a game. Dude is open all the time. Love him. Yeah. We could give Justin Evans Jenkins, a redshirt freshman, probably played 90% of the snaps into your lineman. Uh Huttmacher is a polar bear freak, just wearing dudes out in the front. I'll be honest with you. If I were to give one out, uh Coach White. Like I, I had this Ooh, conversation. Love it. I, I had this conversation last night with my brother. <laughs> I said, tell me it's a we'll run a three, three, five, same defense we have tried to run the last few years i said we look fast but we play fast right like there's a difference you guys like we play fast those dudes coming off the edge are actually creating 
big problems for the interior linemen. They're giving our linebackers the opportunity to make plays. They're giving our DBs the chance to just really lock down. Like, whatever he is doing, and you guys, he's forgotten more about football than I'll ever know. But what he has done in such a short turnaround, to me, like, he's a dude. And we, you're right, TJ, when you said, like, lock that dude up. I don't know that, if he's, I don't know that he'll be here forever. But for the time that he's here, he has made it and has made and will continue to make a substantial difference. And I think has given our offense more confidence to yes. be able to play a little bit differently as well. Literally, we need to score three to three to seven points a game, right? <laughs> right. If we throw a yeah. score three to seven points a game, we're in. We're in the game. But, but what he's done thus far is super yep. impressive. Yeah. Love it. Um, I'm going to give you guys 30 seconds to think about a Michigan State um, score prediction. Common fans, remember to follow us on Twitter at CommonFanGBR. Send us an email, CommonFanGBR at gmail.com. You can now also find us on Facebook. Follow the Common Fan Facebook page. Follow the Instagram account. Um, I think that's everything, boys. Um, We got Michigan State in East Lansing coming up on Saturday. It's the early game. It's 11 a.m. Central kickoff all three common fans in the mid-season review picked the huskers to win this game as well as well so we're two for two we were right on northwestern we were right on purdue i feel very good about us going three for three on these initial predictions what do you got for a score guys uh i'm gonna go 24 10 scores love it i'm gonna go i'm gonna go 20 to 9 I don't think I don't think Michigan State's going to score on us. I think Purdue got lucky to get a couple of TDs on us. We had to get up a touchdown in like six quarters or yeah. something like that before they scored on us. So twenty to nine. Yep, Charlie. Twenty three thirteen. I think we're all kind of around that same vein. But I see some yep. field yep. goals. Alvano's another dude. Like he's yes. another dude. We got a guy. Yep. Absolutely. I'm going to go twenty three six. I agree with you, Mattio. Oh. Like may, maybe they get maybe they get a couple of field goals. I, I, I think that is a. That is a wounded animal of a team, and they don't have a lot to play for right now. No. I think the six, defense lost is, six I think, straight. They yeah, lost I think, six the, straight. I think the, the black shirts are going to suffocate those fools, and we're coming home with a W. All right, Common fans, thanks for joining us once again. Thanks especially to our special guest, Charlie Cologne, for joining us tonight. Um, as always, make sure to tune into the Huskers bright and early uh, for the early game on Saturday. Any last words, gentlemen? Uh, just thanks, Charlie, for joining us, and uh, go Big Red, GBR for life. Yeah, GBR. Thanks, Charlie. Uh, two things, Charlie. Life. Damn it, Jeff. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, no, thanks for joining us. I appreciate you, and uh, thanks for uh, putting out that tweet out there too. That was awesome. That uh, really, I feel like gave us some cred too. Yeah. So. Appreciate yeah, Jeff, you. He already promised you a free chicken sandwich, Jeff. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Let's go. Let's go. All right, GBR, fellas. GBR for life.